Hi, friends. This is Jessica Lee Reader with Vitalize Body. And this is our last wellness coaching call for the online wellness retreat. We are on day five. It's very bittersweet, but I hope that you have learned an abundant amount of information. And I hope that you're feeling vitalized and ready to just utilize all of these resources and feel your absolute best. This means a lot to me. I mean, I, I know that everybody's busy right now, but it does mean a lot to me that you're that you're here and that you are working on your health. And my mission is to spread vitality in this Get Vitalized course. If you haven't enrolled yet, there's really no definitive end to enrollment. So it's, it's open for an indefinite amount of time. So you are more than welcome to hop on and enroll. And there's just tons of information. I have a yoga class, a meditation class. I go through creating a wellness routine, stress management tips, eating healthy for weight loss, for natural weight loss, detoxification, and today we're going to talk about digestion. So uh, I specialize in weight loss and digestion, as well as stress management, but digestion is another thing that brought me really deep into nutrition is because I had my own personal struggles with digestive health when I was a uh, in my early 20s. And it wasn't until I went into nutrition school and I started to learn, this was in 2007. Yes, this ages me a little bit, but that's okay. But it wasn't until in my late 20s in 2007 that I enrolled in the Nutrition Therapy Institute, which is now where I'm an instructor and I help them with branding. And I love the school. If you're ever interested in learning more about nutrition, I highly recommend connecting with me to, to discuss nutrition, but also if you're interested in learning more of it on a, a deeper level, the Nutrition Therapy Institute is, to me, it's the highest level of education that you can receive in nutrition. So when I started school there, I really started to learn about food sensitivities and digestive health and detoxification. And it wasn't until I removed gluten from my diet that I started to feel better through an elimination diet. So we're going to kind of talk about that today. But kind of first, I want to just let you know, and I'm sure that you're already fully aware of this, but your GI tract is basically it's where your nutrients are absorbed and broken down. And ultimately, we want to strive for one to two solid bowels a day. And if we're having anything less than that, then that's an issue because our colon is it's a five foot long organ that absorbs water and it finishes nutrient absorption. So basically if that's backed up, then the food becomes putrefied. I don't like the word either, <laughs> but basically it's, it becomes really backed up and this, this creates a lot of waste in our GI tract. And the average, I believe that the average American is carrying around like 10 pounds of extra waste in their colon on average. And so, yes, this can lead to toxicity as we discussed yesterday, but also it could lead to just generally not feeling well. And 
Oftentimes, when I work with clients that are backed up or constipated, they will tell me that they are taking laxatives. uh, And that, again, as we discussed yesterday, can really just tear up your digestive system, your digestive tract. And that could lead to not the solid stools that we want, but more of a leaky dysbiosis of the gut that kind of paves the ground for things like parasites and toxins and lots of bacteria perhaps to kind of manifest. It creates a really unhealthy environment. And then a lot of people will reach for probiotics, which aren't necessarily going to fix the situation. We want to work on optimizing our digestion by doing three things. And I have them laid out in the course But primarily one thing, and I may sound really redundant here, but one thing is that we want to definitely move our bodies. So I would recommend at least a 15 minute walk per day. So maybe you loop around your block a couple times and a little bit of yoga. It doesn't have to be anything intense. It doesn't have to be like vinyasa yoga. It can be just doing some gentle twists and movements and I will be adding on to this course. So next week, I'm going to be filming a yoga class for digestion and detoxification. And that will incorporate some different twists. And it will be all levels. And, you know, just doing some different twists and gentle movement will really kind of help the digestive process. And then also, and I talk about this in every video, but we want to make sure that we're drinking enough water. So again, if you haven't listened in yet to the other videos, but my recommendation is to drink one half of your body weight in ounces of pure water per day. And oh, today I've been drinking a lot of mineral water, but today I brought my fun mug that says life is a song. Love is the lesson. Uh, Can you see it? (laughs) love is is the music pardon me but love is the lesson too and uh, one thing that I love 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 is this yogi tea the mango ginger it helps your digestion and this one is really really good and so for right now I'm drinking it warm so cheers but this is also really good to brew it and then ice it and you can even add a little bit of lemons and guess what this counts towards your water intake too for the day so herbal tea counts towards your water intake so cheers friends all right so the other thing my other main recommendation to increase your digestive process or digestive movement is to increase your fiber intake So in the course, I've added a link, one of my favorite links to the most nutrient-dense sources of fiber, the most bioavailable sources of fiber. So nutrient density means that it offers the highest amount of nutrients available, best bang for your buck. So uh, raspberries are actually the most nutrient-dense source of fiber available, according to this chart. So if you like raspberries, then you can can buy them frozen. You can buy, you know, in the wintertime when they're not available fresh, frozen's fine. You can add them to smoothies. You can top them on your salads. You can eat them with some walnuts as a snack. They are so good. So if you don't like raspberries or perhaps you are allergic to raspberries, then that's totally okay, too. I feel bad for you, but... (laughs) That is okay. Um, Some other things are collard greens and 
you know, it's an acquired taste, but you can buy them frozen. You can buy them fresh and steam them. You can eat them in a salad. And, and actually, they're a little bitter. So I usually recommend steaming them and adding some lemon, garlic powder, a little black pepper, maybe a little sea salt and some olive oil to them. They're pretty good. Uh, but they're very nutrient dense and also extremely high in fiber. Um, turnip greens, same thing. Uh, peas, lentils, black beans, lima beans, and tempeh. So let's just all the beans are really great because they're high in fiber, they're high in iron, and they're also on the higher spectrum of protein. So I love beans for to really help your digestive system as long as you're okay with them. So for me, when I eat beans personally, I take a digestive enzyme with them. And digestive enzymes are back are basically they're naturally in our body and they're naturally in foods that we eat. But what they help to do is they help to break down protein, fats, and carbs. So they more easily assist in breaking down things like beans. So if you read like Beano's, you'll see enzymes or zymes in the end of the description of that, but also some other, um, I almost want to say if I can remember, some other kind of artificial ingredients in them. So I actually just like the digestive enzymes. If you go to my online store, you can receive 15% off. You can let me know which ones I prefer. I'm happy to help you in any way. And I can even make custom recommendations. But just a general recommendation or a general guideline is if you have problems with beans, issues with beans, you can soak them overnight with some water and then drain them, rinse them the next day and maybe make a lentil soup or you can cook them and have them as a side, sprinkle them on salads, have hummus, what have you. So anyway, I don't wanna to spend too much time on the food, the nutrition part of this. I wanna get a little bit deeper, <laughs> if you will, into other areas that can go awry with your digestive health. And if you know me, you know that I specialize in food sensitivities in particular. And essentially, food sensitivities can kind of manifest over time. So let's see here. <laughs> um, just trying to think of the best way for me to explain this. So when we were younger, perhaps we were able to really break down specific foods really easily and we didn't have any problems. But with time, what could happen is we were exposed to uh, eating the same food over and over and over again. And as you know, from my day three, eating healthy and weight loss, I actually recommend rotating your foods to help to prevent food sensitivities. I know it sounds weird, but when you're eating the same thing every day, your body can be like, okay, this is all right. Like for instance, eggs, you're eating eggs every day. Your body can be like, okay, this is great. You know, I love this. Then eventually your body can retaliate in an essence and be like, no, this is just too much. This is too much of this inflammatory food. And I'm going to create an inflammatory response to it. It start with eggs, but then it can kind of pave the path for this like dysbiosis of the gut. This whole food sensitivity domino effect where other things can kind of really start to irritate your system as well. And I kind of call it an inflammatory cascade where your body just starts to become so inundated with trying to combat the inflammation that's happening that it, it, it becomes overwhelmed. And then it can become other things like soy and corn and nightshades and gluten and maybe dairy. I mean, it's, and, and the thing is, is that it's not a one size fits all approach. Like 
not everybody needs to necessarily be off of eggs or dairy or whatever it may be or gluten. It's your body. It's your biochemical individuality. So really, if you have kind of this issue going on, then some sense, some symptoms of a food sensitivity, you'll know. Uh, but generally, they're a little different than an allergic response. So an allergic response is when you eat something, you have an immediate immune-mediated antibody response. So you basically eat something like shellfish, and immediately your lips swell, maybe you get hives, and maybe you need an EpiPen, or you have an anaphylactic response where you need to go to the hospital. Maybe it's so bad that it's to that extremity, but it's immediate. So food sensitivities are a little bit more difficult to identify and isolate because they're delayed. So you could eat something like eggs, and then you might not have the symptoms for 30 minutes all the way up to possibly 72 hours later. So you're eating so many foods within that time, time frame. How do you really isolate and identify what food? So I have a, many clients, and unfortunately, they just want to give up all foods because they feel so bad. They don't know what's affecting them. But the symptoms are generally bloating, cramping. Uh, when I uh, found out that I was having a response to dairy, I kind of felt like there was a little man in me with a pick that was stabbing it into my abdomen and just like turning it. It was really, really painful. And so you might have cramping, bloating, also gas, um, loose stools, diarrhea. You could have nausea, heartburn, but also because we're talking about inflammation, it could be more systemic, more uh, generalized inflammation like headaches, migraines, joint pain. So it's, it's generally going to be digestion digestive symptoms, but it also could manifest in other areas. So I've had some people, they had their joint pain so bad, their fingers couldn't even quite open up. And then once we started to work on identifying what foods they were reacting to, the inflammation started to subside a little bit and they were able to open up their hand again. I mean, it's amazing. And this is not something that you really think about. And so yeah, I mean, food sensitivities, if you're having digestive issues, then it's it can be really problematic for you. It can interfere with your daily life. And so there's two different methods of how I work with this. And the Get Vitalized menu plan is free of gluten and dairy. So if you've been following this and you're feeling better, then that's amazing. Maybe one of those foods are bothering you. So that's something to consider, right? But to really be able to go to a broader level, you can either, and I have created an elimination protocol where essentially you remove the most common inflammatory foods. It's guided. So there's a menu plan. You're eating throughout the day, really similar to everything that we've been doing throughout this retreat. But additionally, you're removing all of the infl major inflammatory foods, allowing the inflammation to calm down. And then and work on the repair, your lining to be repaired so your stools become more solid. And then you reintroduce each food every third day to, and monitor your symptoms. So an example could be, I'm just going to use eggs because I've kind of went through the, with this the whole time. But if you remove, uh, reintroduce eggs, pardon me, on Monday, day one, 
then you would go back to how you were eating traditionally on the elimination diet for day two and three. And then you would, if you were feeling fine with eggs, you didn't have any delayed response, then you can keep eggs in, then you would reintroduce the next food, say it's corn, <laughs> whatever it may be. And so it's, it's, a, it's different than the Whole30. I don't know if you've done the Whole30 or felt the need to do the Whole30, but it's, it's different because it targets more foods and there's a really guided approach to it. But additionally, you're, you're working with a professional and I have many plans and uh, tons of information on it. And so there might also be some supplements that I would recommend that you take with that to work on repairing your GI lining. And a probiotic, again, isn't, doesn't really necessarily fix uh, repairing the GI lining. So if your stool is broken and loose, let's, let's chat because I'm happy to help you. And the other option is good for people that travel more often, don't like to cook, have a busy schedule, um, aren't really willing to, or not willing, willing is probably not the best word, but they're not at the point of their life to where they'd want to spend a good portion amount of their time, a good portion of their time trying to work on this is the ALCAP test, which is a blood test that basically is very different than the Everly Well or whatever the, the test is out right now, which is an IgG test. Um, the, the reason why I'm not a huge fan of IgG testing is because it's, it looks at all the foods that you're eating right now. And if you're eating them regularly, more than likely you'll test higher on the results. So I like the ALCAP test. I've worked with it for a number of years now. I've only had good results with it. Um, but basically it tests your white blood cells lymphocyte reaction. So your inflammatory response, and it's really looking at food sensitivities versus the antibody response. But it's great because it will show mild, moderate, and severe results. And then you can just navigate around the acceptable foods by rotating them and then reintroduce the milds. When you're ready to, after a few weeks, and, and monitor your actions, and it's very customized to you. So there's a couple of different options, but I highly recommend that if you are having symptoms of a food sensitivity, that you explore this further because you could have a perfectly healthy diet, but if you aren't absorbing the foods that you're eating, you're going to be malnourished. So your energy is probably going to be really low. You're not going to be feeling very well. You could be more prone to getting ill, which we want to avoid that right now, right? But you could because about 80% of your immune systems in your digestive lining. Also, about 80% of our serotonin, which is our happy, happy happiness receptor, is in our GI tract as well. So if we're kind of having this leaky gut or dysbiosis from something like food sensitivities, then we're going to be maybe moodier, lower energy, malnourished, which could lead to overeating because we're trying to get more nutrients. It's a whole domino effect. So let's chat if you want to chat about this further. Uh, there's some resources in the Get Vitalized course that you can look at. The other thing to consider is potentially if you do have more of a dysbiosis is that there could be other factors involved, um, like SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And there's a test for that. We can chat about that. It could be parasites or imbalances in bacteria. And so, yeah, there is a little bit more, there could be a little bit more to the story than food sensitivities. But I have found 99% of the time when I work with people that have 
GI issues, if we can do something like an elimination protocol and calm down the inflammation and work on repairing the lining and then reintroducing things back in, people feel better. And it's an amazing thing. So that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I think that's a wrap. You can let me know any questions that you have. Again, if you haven't signed up for the retreat, you can always enroll at any time. And you can always comment. Let me know that I'm goofy, whatever. <laughs> Ask me any questions. Yeah, it's very bittersweet. It's our last day of the Vitalized Retreat. And I hope that I gave you some good things to think about, some good kind of homework assignments. And it, yeah, just kind of reflect back on things. See what resonates with you. It doesn't have to be anything. Or it doesn't have to be everything. It could just be maybe a couple small things that you take from this retreat that make you feel better in general. So find maybe what resonates with you. Write those things down and just kind of have them work on them as your goals to become healthier and feeling better. And I've been telling a lot of my students this lately is that Right now, it's very difficult. I feel like a lot of our cups are depleted if you have more of a empathy type of response to what's going on, which I think most of us do. I certainly do. That can be ultimately a little draining on us and our demeanor. And so I feel like, again, and I, t I think I talked about this on day three, is that I think it's so important to focus on what we can do right now within our own wheelhouse to make ourselves feel better because we can control the quality of our sleep, what we eat. We can control working on improving our digestion and reading labels and cleaning out our kitchen. We can control potentially starting a little mini garden in our kitchen and drinking a little bit more water or eating more regularly throughout the day. These are things that we can control. We can't really control what's going on right now but we can try to control and manage our stress levels and we can try to meditate and do a little yoga and do some deep breathing. So these are the keys to vitality that I share in my practice and that I've shared in this retreat. And I hope that you've found some kind of pearls of wisdom, some inspiration, a little education to just get you a little bit more on that path to feeling vitalized I'm always here if you have any questions. I'd love to hear from you. I love feedback and constructive criticism. So just let me know so I can grow. And I hope that you uh, reach out. And I'm just so thankful for you. Okay. Namaste. And have a beautiful day. Thank you so much.